Hey Becker, hey Scotty, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey, my bud. Doing good, doing good. Good. Hey, RB, you're here. What's up, man? Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Good to have you. Great, great, great to have you. Um, it's awesome that we could get together today on this big day in Beatles history. I mean, Becker, I really appreciate you actually pointing this one out to me earlier today. Um, well, I, I do, you, I do my research. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like borderline scholar maybe not as much uh, as our guest i think our guest went to the library he did like all of the public library (laughs) i don't know i mean that sounds sounds not one of them not one of them private affairs i go to a private library (laughs) (laughs) um so (laughs) becker as you pointed out to me today uh it was on this day in 1968 that the apple offices opened their doors for the first time which what you know what a big day in beatles history um and it made me go on a my own research deep dive. I didn't make it to the library today. But in my research, I didn't realize that the first Apple project actually had nothing to do with music. Did you guys know this? No. Yeah, so um, it was interesting. I was looking into the, the, uh, the piece here, and the Apple executives, they were looking to expand the Beatles brand in general, right? And so there was this big push for some level of, like, Beatles cross-promotional effort that they were trying to dig into. But unfortunately, you know, we're talking about January 1968. That's just a month after the release of the Magical Mystery Tour movie, which, if you guys remember, uh, pretty universally panned when it first came out and was aired on the BBC. So um, they, the execs were having trouble figuring out what to pick and because the, the Beatle name wasn't what it was just a few months prior. The only exception... To the things, uh, to the movie, to the, you know, people hated most of it. One exception to that, that scene where John was shoveling pasta <laughs> on the restaurant table with Ringo's aunt, which is why the Apple execs decided to release that very month, John Lennon's All You Need Is Lasagna. And <laughs> didn't really work out, though, unfortunately. <laughs> nice. Mono. Good evening, my Blotto Scruffs. Thank you for tuning in with us. We are dying to take you away tonight, and generally we encourage you to drink up with us, um, but also, if we're going to stay on theme tonight, if if rolling up is your thing, we also encourage you to step right this way. I will disclaim that uh, for this, and, and basically for all of our episodes, uh, satisfaction is is absolutely not uh, not guaranteed. And <laughs> From the listener mail we've been getting recently, it, it seems that... No one is no one is happy, but um, you know. Welcome back to uh, Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading boozing brains of Beatles broadcasting. I'm your co-host Becker, and this is episode forty. Whoa! Wow! Yeah, I know. 40. I like I like the round That's a number. ones. That's a number. As a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. Um, as you know, I'm never alone on this project. Um, you heard him at the top of the show, and judging from some midnight uh, beer posts on Instagram last evening, I'm guessing he's in tip-top shape. He's yours. Tommy! 
All right, you bud? need is lasagna. <laughs> do, 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 do. All you need is lasagna. I happen to agree, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you and Garfield, buddy. You and Garfield. Uh, that voice, uh, he's the man. He puts the vice in executive producer. He's a gentleman among gentlemen. A gentleman <laughs> among gentlemen. Uh, it's a George Martin of New England. It's executive no, producer Scott A.C. You know, buddy, I was writing this intro tonight, and I was I was trying to figure out the joke, and I don't even think it's a joke. If I had to call one, if I was in prison or jail, I mean, I'm probably not going to prison. I'm probably, you know, if I went to jail, <laughs> yeah. I would call you. Anyone on this podcast tonight, I would call uh, Scotty C. Tommy's phone would be like, uh, it's off. It's in the bottom of the ocean. I left it in my Jeep. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> Scotty C goes to bed at a sensible time. He plugs his phone in at night. You know, I think he would answer. So, be um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, no, Be- like, Becker was the a, one that was charged. Just a chat? <laughs> no, oh, no, no, to get out of prison, not just a chat. I need your help. Oh, you need me? Oh, yeah, I'm in jail. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. yeah. No, I'm not just calling for like a, it. You need like bail money? Oh, you need me to get something? To I mean, I'm not worried about the money yeah. necessarily. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I think you would, well, you would must help. Be nice. you know? so. Yeah. <laughs> It's a minor charge, you know. It's a, I get you out It's of like there. a, a drunken it. disorderly. It's a public urination. It's you know. Forget about um, it. Yeah. You know. Anyways, and um, I do want to before we dive too deep. I mean, I want to address the Blotterscrofts. You know, less less they think that we don't listen. You know, we've caved your demands, and um, <laughs> we've offered music supervisor RB, and everyone knows that B stands for Beatles. We've offered him a, a full seat at the table. You know, so yeah, he's done a bunch yeah. for us behind the scenes, yeah. and uh, we've just given him the open invite to whenever his schedule allows. That um, we hope that he's he he would join us here. So you know, um, RB is here here tonight. Thank you so much, bud. I appreciate you and, extending the uh, the invite. This is great. Oh, it's yeah, been yeah. we we love having you here. Uh, so you know, I mean, the seat we've given you is like way. Way in the back, you know. Yeah, I mean, I the nosebleeds up here. Why but... you keep sitting on sitting on my amplifier? It's awkward, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, we gonna I need a little uh, more, a little more space, buddy. You know, but it's. Uh, are we are we going to be getting along now? Because uh, RB like Billy Preston style, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, <laughs> we brought we brought in RB to just uh, keep the peace, essentially. You know, yeah. hold on, hold but, on, guys, guys, guys. Who's paying RB? Who's? Who, I'm not. You know, that's coming out of Tommy's cut. <laughs> i'm gonna gonna start micing every flower pot around here so for the 37 cents we get off each t-shirt we sell uh rb i'm willing to i'm willing to cut you in but uh all right i'm really i'm really excited you're here we did an episode a couple weeks back that you were you were with us and we just had an awesome time and i was like why is why is rb not with us all of the time so um thank you for coming in you know of course thank you for having me and then let's let's step back for a second because I want to make sure that us as the Blottos are are good because we had a pretty loose episode a couple of weeks ago and we Ew, have not spoken boy. we have not spoken since and I just want to make sure I that, just you know, gained the ability to speak back <laughs> like are we cool like forty eight hours I like you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys still yeah. like us like yeah, yeah. it was that you funny like one where Becker, right? I had a ton of fun <laughs> I forgot a little bit about what I said and then you wake up in the morning and you're like oh what did I say like are we friends or you know like do did you, we sing did we did sing you? the song <laughs> <laughs> did we record that any of was it pretty rough you guys did an amazing <laughs> oh background track and then we fucking butchered that thing to death there's <laughs> a lot of like <laughs> rhythmic yeah. singing in that it's tough we took Henry the horse out to the the glue factory on that one <laughs> <laughs> 
so anyways tonight 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 we're breaking like a super personal rule of mine where i never hang out with more than a single drummer and um you know i want to (laughs) i want to get to that in just a second but we have a little bit of housekeeping so maybe we should maybe we should get into that you know let's do it um i'm not sure where to start we do have we have a listener voicemail and maybe Mm -hmm. we should start with that one are these all apologies (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we have to apologize yet. Oh, good. I haven't listened to this yet, but I assume that any listener of our show is probably also a, a gentleman and a scholar and has nothing but uh, positive feedback to give us. So let's uh, this this just came in today. Let's give it a give it a quick listen. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, that's for, <laughs> that was a uh, that was our voicemail today from a listener from Georgia. So I I appreciate that. You know, wow. like yes, uh, thank you for dialing in. That, thank um, you, anonymous that's, Georgian listener. That's a sentiment I also appreciate. Yeah. George in Georgia. This is a voice that I think that we're going to be familiar with. But uh, let's give it a quick play. I've, I have not listened to this voicemail either. All right, I'm not sure. I think I figured out how this thing works. So, you know, fuck it, I'll just tell a joke. So a guy goes into it, and my, my typography teacher taught me this. The guy goes into a job interview, and he uh, and the guy doing the interview says, uh, what do you think your greatest weakness is? And the interviewee says, uh, you know, I've been told I'm too honest. And uh, the interviewer says, I don't think honesty is a weakness. And the interviewee says, I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> that sounded to me like um our, our Ethan? Dear, uh, that dear unmistakably Ethan, is our Ethan friend Alexanian. from the, the great north uh fellow beatles podcaster ethan alexanian thailand so uh fans on you. the run podcast thank uh, you for dropping yeah. that us on her um so anyways hey, Becker, i love you know i love the, the drunk top. dial line getting some love yeah thank do you, you know, know off so the top of your head what that number is by any chance no i don't I was looking up online. It's unlisted. <laughs> it's in all of our spots. It's, it's in our so profile. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, no one on this call right now is writing it down and then calling us, you know, unless it's maybe your mom. Whoa. Your mom would do that. Mom jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but and, <laughs> we also got some, some, um, like some sincere feedback from last week's show. And um, I think that maybe is where you're getting, but this came up on a few avenues, but I also want to credit um, Chris W. Uh, Long time. Yeah, he he, he yeah. slipped into our DMS and he had a few thoughts on last week's being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, where um, he said he was surprised basically that we didn't talk about Ringo. And yeah, I, I, I can't remember right. if that just got edited out, Scotty C. I mean, you know, usually we do. I always make a, a bullet to sort of talk about Ringo. So I don't know if we just got too blotto and glossed over it. But I'm, I love Ringo's work on being for the benefit. I always Absolutely. feel like he's doing something very cool there. Like he's I, 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 I don't even have a word for it right now. And I'm, I, I haven't listened to it in, in a couple of like weeks. Well, rolls. thank God I can. Well, thank God I can say this word right now. He is accenting the circus uh, atmosphere of the song, right? And like through the drum rolls and that, you know, um, yeah, it, he he's bringing that to life in my mind, which is a very very cool thing. 
But I, I have, he's always, there's this, there's always this drumming vibe that comes in and, and our guest tonight is a drummer and I would love for him to chime in if there's a, a any feeling on this, but the feeling I always get with Ringo sitting down for being for the benefit of Mr. Kite is that he's just suddenly doing it. Like it isn't like premeditated where he's just like something is just happening. And then suddenly like Ringo's like, and then he's just playing being for the benefit. Like it doesn't seem. Maybe I'm just saying effortless. I'm saying yeah. that it seems effortless to me. Um, so, yeah, I think we have a ton of love for Ringo in this tune. And if we didn't say it last week, um, you know, we apologize. But uh, I, I thought Chris's uh, second comment in the DMs was interesting as well. He said it's also interesting that uh, this uh, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite follows She's Leaving Home, which is McCartney's newspaper story song. Yeah. And I had never really paired that mm. thing together. John is pulling all the lyrics from the poster and McCartney's just pulling from you know, the headlines or whatever of the day. And I think we'll probably talk more about that tonight too, with this tune maybe, but, um, and they're back to back on the record. Yeah, and we, exactly. We slag John or I don't you slag John a little bit about sort of like, what is the source of this music and, and what does it mean to sort of, yeah, just and I, I have this? a little bit of regrets about that. Just, I, I know my, <laughs> I know my tattoo says no regrets, but, um, you know, I, I do think that the art for the sake of art and being inspired by something in front of you and pulling from it, you know, outside of that very moment when we were talking about it, um, I don't know that I've ever felt as strongly as I claimed on the episode <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So, But Chris wrote that note about um, She's Leaving Home, which we've already done an episode about. Um, and I was like, yeah, we, we completely missed that. Of course, this was a, a Paul interpreting this article. But then we're also completely missing that also Day in the Life is basically like a current events That's newspaper article mm-hmm. type piece, right? Like all of those sort of separate separate little stories in there um, tie back to current events. So I don't, you know, maybe at that time we're finding that the Beatles are a little bit more starved for inspiration than, than we think they are. I don't know. I mean, that's maybe maybe we can't even, even start to talk about that yet because we have so much to talk about today. But um yeah, it's really hard because like how many great songs are about a book? You know what I mean? Where they're they're pulling things and making, you know, a novel into a yeah, poem or but it's just like, you know, all like reinterpreting stuff. something. I think it's we're talking about is so poured over that it's it's harder to step back from. But um anyways, thank you so much for listening and thank you for anyone that that writes in or sends us any thoughts or there's been a ton of great messages. And I, I just also wanted to thank like um, we've tried to stop celebrating every little milestone, but we're at 40 and that's a nice round number. And our listenership has really bumped up really recently. So if we have new listeners here tonight, like, thank you so Welcome. much. It's been tremendous. A, a thank, a like, a review, all of this stuff is like, honestly, it, it feels really fantastic. Like we started this project super by ourselves in a room talking about the Beatles and um, way more people have started listening and talking to us than I ever, ever expected in my life. So thank I thought you. we would get our, you know, 10 friends yeah. who we would, you know, ask on to be a guest eventually or whatever. And it's been uh, substantially more than that. So thank you. Thank you. So anyways, the, the, uh, not anyways, thank you, Tommy. I'm sorry. That was dismissive. Jeez. I never want to be dismissive of you. I, I'm I one of that. I'm one of your blotto beetles. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gained, gained all these uh, new fans. I, I apparently lost one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, we said we have a guest tonight, and that's really what this is about. I love bringing in folks and and talking about the Beatles, you know. So without, is there much else do we want to chat on, or should we should we bring this, this bloke bring in? Bring him in. Bring him in. in. So for me, like, there's, um, 
there's this funny thing about getting older. You age, but you sort of lose track of these years. And, and something happened in my early 2000s where it feels a bit like yesterday. And in thinking about my guest tonight, I shocked myself a bit because I was sort of, I categorize him as like sort of being like one of my newest, closest friends, which generally I think just means that like, oh, we weren't friends in high school or, or friends in college mm-hmm. or something. But um, it really means, I think when I do the math that like we have been friends for like close to 20 years or something, which is kind of ridiculous in yeah. his, his own way. So uh, I really want to welcome a really close friend, but I also want to say that he's he's a super talented musician. He's yes. a successful and creative career man. Um. According to the coffee mug he's holding up right now, he's a number one dad. I, I think that's <laughs> questionable. I'm not sure about that, you know. And this one, like, I don't, uh, I don't quite have the words for it. But like, when I think about his his person and 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 in talking with him, he's like a really thoughtful thinker. Which maybe we won't see tonight because uh, maybe he's also a thoughtful drinker. But you know, he's. <laughs> He has this admirable way of asking a question or giving a response that is like clearly weighing in a lot of variables and and maybe often uh, I think that that he sees outside of himself in a bigger way that like if anyone listens to this show they know that we don't see outside of ourselves whatsoever <laughs> like and I really respect him for that and it's just something that like carries over in in conversation that that I've always loved about him but I really want to welcome to the show um a great friend to me and a great friend to everyone on here yes. um our buddy Kenji Hey, Thanks, Kev. What's up, man? What's up, my bud? Is, How are you? It is it is absolutely lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you for for making the time for us tonight. Thank you for. I'm sure you wouldn't be drinking drinking drinks. I had a, I had a bunch of big other night. plans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I canceled them all. <laughs> wow, Kenji, do you um do you like the Beatles? I you know I'm sort of a fan. Yeah, they they're, they're all right. No, they're the Beatles have been Beatles have been with me for a long time. They're 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 a they're a top five band, uh, a top top three band. I don't know. They're a very important band to me. Who's uh, who do you think? Yeah, who who's the other? You know, uh, of the top three or five that you, just off the top of your head, I won't. Oh, that's really you. tough. That's really tough. Uh, I mean, I mean, Led Zeppelin brought me out of uh, a real uh, uh, sort of uh, negative decline in terms of musicality in high school. Um, I'll always be indebted to them. Um, not too many and, people know that band. A little underrated. Yeah, band. no, I they <laughs> underrated. Yeah, big big things ahead for that for those folks. Um, who else? I don't know. Um, I, I I think I think Miles Davis is a is a long time sort of uh, reinventor, a guy who I still haven't reached the end of everything I want to listen to. Um, Beatles are nice because you can listen to it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, that's that's a perfect point. Like it it does start and end, you know. Who's um, who's your boy of the Beatles? That's a tough one, man. Uh, you know, for the longest time, it was George. Uh, it, it was one of those like, oh well, I'm I'm also sensitive and quiet and and introspective, and you know, that's me totally. But no, nah, I mean, it's probably it, it. More recently, it's probably John. Uh, yeah. The the. You know the exercise, uh, the fascinating exercise of deciding what song to bring to this podcast, uh, uh, made me look even deeper at like who wrote all these songs that I love. You know, and you know, is that is that song that sounds like a John song? That's a that's a that's a John Paul song. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a it's a it's a super difficult exercise because um, they're like I. 
if if any one of these Beatles disappeared, it's not a very good band anymore. Um, if 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 every Beatles song is a John song, uh, you get you get rock and roll, right? Which is yeah. like sort of a tiring record. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what people think about, it, but the the reason that this band works is because there's four lead singers. Is because there's them playing off each other, bothering each other, uh, um, writing extremely different songs, having extremely different interests. Um, so I, that's that's a cop out, isn't it? No, no, I think that's. A, you said names. I think I've had the same <laughs> genesis. I think there was a real part where I was like in my twenties. I'm like, I'm a Harrison guy. Like, I found all things must pass, and I said, this is this is for me. Like, this is what I'm identifying with, and I just missed all of the McCartney solo stuff for a super super long time. Um, and then I sort of went back and rethought it a bit, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just a Lennon guy. Like, I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. it's a funny thing. Yeah, I'm a John guy for the Beatles and maybe more of a Paul guy for the solo stuff. You know, I feel like there's more there's more depth to the Paul solo catalog. Um, well, there's just more of the Paul solo catalog too, right? Maybe that's maybe that's more what he's option. had the benefit of living longer. Yeah, being <laughs> for the benefit of living longer. <laughs> it has its what, perks. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> lay us uh lay on us your your like Beatles origin story. Like where does it start for you? What uh what's your first memory of hearing a Beatles tune? The Beatles are the Beatles are playing in my childhood. The Beatles are playing when I when I'm growing up. The Beatles are the Beatles are everywhere. I couldn't tell you. I don't think I could tell you where where I first heard the Beatles or first heard a Beatles song. Um you know, like I grew you up in a very parents playing it and and just being out there. Yep, exactly. Um, you Playing know, the, everything like early stuff yeah. and and late stuff, or no? My parents, remembers- my parents lean towards the more uh, um, the psychedelic era Beatles, right? The um, I guess Sergeant Pepper out. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was a it, it was a fascinating exercise to go through my parents' record collection, like when I go back home and look at what's in there and think about it more than I did when I was a kid and. And and what what I love seeing is what there's two copies of because when my parents got together they yeah. merged their record collections and right. yeah, what did they good. both have you know they <laughs> both had Crosby Stills and Nash they both had Deja um, Vu they had to have brought Deja Vu they that every, I mean every, I, <laughs> yeah. we, we like each of us probably has two copies of Deja Vu I <laughs> know um, a lot of Carol King for some reason yeah <laughs> yeah two copies of a bunch of Neil Young records and yep. two copies of the Beatle of many of the Beatles records. Um, so that's you know that's where it that's where it starts. Um, and then I've got a younger sister, four years younger than me, and um, she went she went crazy on the Beatles. You know, I was a fan, I enjoyed it. It was around, um, but she was my gateway into early Beatles. Um, you know, I'd never really cared about it before. It was it was um, it was generic sick early '60s rock and roll for me, and it didn't have anything more. Um, until I until I grabbed onto it the way she was grabbing onto it and figured it out and kind of understood what made it you know more special than what else was happening at the time. Um, I think we'd be you know I I, I entered you as a drummer in the upfront and I, I it would be really hard to bring on a drummer and not, and not chat a little bit about Ringo you know I think there's some uh, obligatory chatter here about Ringo because. I think we always hear this this thing like out in the zeitgeist is something about like people slagging on Ringo, but I have mm-hmm. never heard someone slag on Ringo to like my face about it. Yeah, <laughs> slag on Ringo to my face. 
That's not a tough guy. Say, say it to dare, my face. I dare you to say it to my face. Say it to my face. I, I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> I'm just, I have, you know, I know it's a popular like joke among among music, but like I've never heard really anyone say it um, in person. And but where do you stand with Ringo as a drummer? You know, because I. I Musically, I know a little bit about what you're into. I know that you are a bigger fan, uh, not a bigger fan, but I know you're a big fan of some more complex drummers. Maybe that's a way to put it. But like, where do you where do you put Ringo in your in your uh, enjoyment of musicians? I I I totally I, I know where you're coming from with that, right? The, um, and I think I went through a long period of time uh, thinking Ringo's a simplistic drummer, thinking he's very basic. He's 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 playing this like simple stuff because he's not that talented, not able to do that much more with it. Um, and then, um, you know, I spent some time listening to um, uh, the old bootlegs and going back to the like Star Club bootlegs and the the that really early stuff. And you know, you hear John and Paul in the interviews talking about how like that that's when we were a band, that's when we were well rehearsed, and that's when we were really, really hitting together. Um, and you listen to Ringo in those old recordings, and holy shit, he is good. He is fast. He is accurate. Yeah. He is he is shredding. Um, and he didn't continue to play that way throughout the, the, the rest of it. I think... Um, I think... What's the, what's the cover um, that's on the other EP? Uh, one of those... One of the, the, there's an early EP. The Long Tall um, Sally one? The long tall Sally, long tall Sally is a is a bitch and drum part. I yeah. mean, it is it is good and it is fast, and you get you get a feel for like how they probably used to play when they played like that. Um, so there's that. Ringo's got the chops. He can play fast. He can play uh, really in time. Uh, uh, in some of those, you know, long tall Sally was was written as a yeah. as a song that was to be too fast for anyone else to cover, right? Um, and uh, but then. Just listening to Ringo more closely, um, you know, I, I bought a I bought a book, I bought a big thick book uh, uh, a number of years ago called Recording Who's the Beatles. About their books right now. I've I love books, man. Um, I no, I bought this book about uh, that uh, this insanely detailed book about recording the Beatles and and how everything goes, and it gives you like the mix downs of how they put the tracks together. And you go in there like, oh, he only played snare yeah. drum at first, and then they did hi-hat overdubs, and then they did a tom-tom overdub. That's something that if you were not very good at drums, that's what you would do. That's that's some Lars Ulrich shit right there, right? Like, <laughs> but Whoa, burn. I, I assume he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I assume. Um, <laughs> but then you think about what makes a the single Beatles tear special. just rolls, rolled down Lars Ulrich's <laughs> cheek. One single tear. <laughs> Sorry. But but what Ringo is is a, a, a what Ringo becomes after being a great straight ahead rock and roll drummer in the early days is he becomes a really good textural drummer. He becomes a guy who starts out this track could use some brushes, Lady Madonna, right? He's got it's got a brushes track, and you listen to the anthology, and and it's like um, it's it's just a it's a little swingy number, kind of thing. Um, and then you listen to what it became, and it's got that that it's got the big beat, right? It's got that doom yeah. doom ka, ba doom doom ta thing, and 
um, you realize that Ringo is doing this on purpose. I mean, he's he's working with with the amazing engineers. He's working with uh, uh, what would be right for the song, and I. I think it's part of what ultimately makes the Beatles so special and sound so good is that not every song is like there's like there's not there's not a hundred hi hat notes through every minute there's there is like a very good clarity of performance that you get and that you hear the guitars really well and you hear John really well and you hear Paul's vocals really well because Ringo stays out of the way of it um, and to just sit back and play a, a rhythmic part. Um, to uh, just to play do just bass drum and snare drum and like keep that up and stay in time for a whole it's song tough. is a hell of a lot harder than yeah. keeping your right hand going on the hi hat the whole time. Yep. Uh, so he's very he's very skilled. He's very textural. He he's good enough that he doesn't got to show it all the time. Well, and he's creative too to a point that uh, you know I know that comes with the textural piece you're talking about. But I was you know it's the easy one to talk about uh, come together. That drum part is unreal. Oh, yeah. You know, in that intro, but then also the choice to just play a floor tom in the verse and really nothing else. It's so minimalist, but it because it's what works for this for the tune, right? He's not gonna overrun it, like you're saying. I think it's and it works for like I always think about, um, like one of my favorite just atmospheres things to listen to is Billie Holiday. Um, and Billie Holiday, like has the right voice for the recording technology of the time, right? Like there's there's the these this is old shitty equipment. You're not getting a lot of highs, you're not getting a lows. She's a very mid-range singer and her voice, you know, comes through. You have to imagine it coming through AM radio really wonderfully. Um I think Ringo's style and what he played is perfect for these microphones and for the studio and for wow. the magnetic tape they're recording onto. I think it's all that's, really a piece. Great point. And that's what I was saying. Really like your yeah, yeah, your your considerations are always so thoughtful and it's gonna get worse and worse from here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we're gonna keep talking about Kenji's relationship with the Beatles all night, I hope, but um yeah. this is a show about drinking and about the Beatles, right? Whoa, that's accurate. <laughs> it's all all on the tin. <laughs> um, Tommy, what are you uh, are you drinking tonight? And if so, what are you drinking? I am after last episode. Questionable if I would be ever again. But um, this evening, thankfully a week has passed and all that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and man's memory is so short. Yeah. Um. So I'm a whiskey in the winter kind of guy. In general, uh, that's what are you in the summer? I do. Um, you know, I'll I'll dabble in some vodka, some gin, some tequila, maybe if I'm having a cocktail. There's a that's all of the liquors, basically. <laughs> yeah, I try and stay away from. Try and I'll stay away from a, Sambuca. I'll it's drink ones and brown ones mostly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't do rum too often. Yeah, you know? I try and stay away from rum. Yeah. Yeah, but um, this evening I just wasn't feeling whiskey unless it's drummer boy. Rumba pum pum. Rumba pum pum. What a terrible that, gift for the for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving him what? all he can though he's Uh-oh. trying to sleep it's a baby get that drum away from him man <laughs> he has one gift to give <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so anyway i'm having December. a i'm having a moscow mule this evening because i wasn't feeling the whiskey so what is that vodka gin vodka ginger beer i'm having some reed's jamaican ginger beer and some lime in there um, and then Typically, I, still I think the... that's what alcoholic expats drink in like Costa Rica. That's what I imagine. Oh, really? I don't know if we have any of oh, those okay. as fans, but 
Uh, yeah, it's welcome. It's that it's typical. typical. I don't. I mean, that's it's just sort of like my guess where it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. I drink a a Caribbean drink, you know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tommy. Um, and that's all right. I also have the same beers I had a couple uh, last episode, so I, I'm I'm still working through. Uh, like you the open them last episode and you haven't finished. Yeah, them? I just leave them out here. I like I like to age my beers. I like to get a little air in there. Uh, that Cape Cod salt air just sinks in. Yeah, and really like mixes um, with the uh, with the Miller High Life. Yeah, so I still have some little sips. I still have that Narragansett Music Music Express. Oh yeah, and of course I got the white can, the official beer bottle Beatles, the Devil's Purse, Handline Kolsch, um, which I'm always excited to crack during an episode. What about you, man? What do you have this evening? Um, tonight I've been mixed up some Manhattans. That's sort of what I've been drinking mostly through the show. I've been drinking that with the, uh, a barrel bourbon that I've had on hand for the last couple of months. Um, but tonight, um, my wife is having some friends over in another room and she brought some 10 Ben's, uh, brewery, which is up in Vermont. Vermont. We were there pretty recently, but we did not go there. And she brought me the Hubbard Ridge double IPA, which I'm actually finding to be is is especially tasty and then i'm also drinking this founder's solid gold i, I uh opened that up earlier tonight and just like their lager it comes in uh i think it's in a in a 15 pack in that classic uh and and it's just like a super drinkable beer so that's what i'm on this evening rb you're hanging out from a place that has beers um, uh, you, uh, yeah, I am. In fact, I have a couple of beers here from uh, the Burlington Beer Company. I was oh, drinking right. uh, this double IPA called Peasant King. I, like oh, I love their, those labels. Their, their can yeah, their labels yeah, yeah. are really cool. They do a cool. nice job. Yeah, they do like, a nice kind they of have line iconic art thing. Can art. I appreciate that. Uh, and I've got a second beer from them as well sitting on deck here. This is uh, the Stainless Forest. Oh, nice. It's wow. another Whoa. big IPA. I'm all I'm, I'm into the big juicy IPAs over here. Um, I see a I bottle had, of liquor back there. Yeah, in case of emergency, I have a, uh, I have a little, <laughs> I have Hold a little, uh, a little yeah. whiskey here. Um, this is the Green Spot Irish whiskey here. Oh, all right, better uh, get that... on the bus if we're going to uh, hit the. It was. I figured. Wait, what is what is the word? Is it bus? <laughs> Bus. It's bus. Oh. <laughs> it's not. I guessed it. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. Didn't even get through the what we're drinking. Anyway, yet. we haven't even got to what Scotty and Kendi are drinking. But uh, if anyone's listened before, they know we have a magical mystery word. And tonight we have had hit that magical mystery word. It is Scotty C. Tell the people. It's bus. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, my dudes. Ooh, Let's oh, talk yeah. about the song. Cheers. Scotty Z, you like to drink along with us. What are you drinking? I am I'm drinking the the Devil's Purse Handline Colch, the official beer. And nice. I also went to the the Packy and they yep. had this new Jameson, which I'm disappointed that I bought. It's <laughs> oh, a red label, orange. just even orange, looks orange. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it so it's orange actually. It looks Not red good. because of my lighting. All right. so moody, but um, it's real like orange flavored. Yeah, it has like orange flavors in it. It's got pulp. Zesty. It has a zesty orange flavor. Actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it yeah. has oh, the cal. Oh, oh. It, you got the calcium. 
Yeah. You're like a Pankasaurus all up in here. But anyways, I, I actually tried pouring a little bit in, and it goes all right if you pour it in with the Kolsch, though. Oh, oh you're making beer oh. cocktails every... You're like wow. next level Look right at now. this guy. Like you know? the, Mixology. <laughs> Scotty C from two years ago to where you are today, you're drinking beers, you're making mixed mixed drinks. like Mixed beers. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kenji. It's fun. Are you drinking with us tonight? I thought I might. I hope so. Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got some a nice uh, from Aeronaut, oh. not too far away from uh, yep. from Drinking from either local. of us. I like that. Uh, yep, uh, I'd like to drink local. The Citra um, IPA that they do is but really you, wonderful. You, you act global, right? Yes, act global and drink <laughs> extremely local. Um, the next beer on tap after that one is the last of a. Um, I got like a. Uh, advent calendar of beers for or for I guess before Christmas I must mm-hmm. have because I drank it through December I've got Correct. one of those beers left it is a Bavarian lager called Grandel oh, cool. all right. better than Grandel heard of this before yes yeah th- <laughs> I don't like that one <laughs> and then for uh, you know for 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 when the time calls I would be all the old four roses oh yeah. yeah I love the four uh, roses that's, that's top. I mean yeah. that's just a a solid bourbon that should it be really everyone's is. everyone's fridge. Was that I was going to pull out a nice scotch, but if we if we say the word too many times, I didn't want to use my whole yeah, bottle. Yeah, up, right. you know? yeah. yeah. And now that we well, know we the know word, it. we'll see how we we'll see how it while works we out, remember you know? it. Well, t- different modes of transportation around that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long car is what I call that. <laughs> oh, a limo. <laughs> No. You're close. Um, Keep guessing. <laughs> hey, hey Becker. Um can you do me a favor? Hey Tommy. Can 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 we can we just walk over to this flower pot um in the Zoom room away from everyone else for hey, a second? Is that there's right? no reason that right. we couldn't have privacy here. All right. It, we'll be right back, guys. Nothing nothing big. Um I love having Kenji here, man. I do. It's you know it's it's it does. I don't know sound, if he's an expert, but he's. he's it right. does. Well, it does sound like we probably should have asked his sister to come talk about the Beatles. <laughs> she probably yeah. knows a little bit more than he. Like it's like the facts he was throwing out. Do you think he even knows who they are? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's covering. Should we? Should yeah. we go back away from this. Yeah, I'll try. And, un- I'll just like try and be cool about it. Yeah, well, let's leave this unmiked flower pot and <laughs> walk back over there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks. I mean, tell me, would. Um... You know, not for Kenji or anyone on the call tonight, but should we set the groundwork for a little bit, like who the Beatles are, you know? Oh, Kenji clearly knows who the Beatles are. I would never <laughs> yeah, say anything no different. Sure, of course I do. Anyone else, yeah. I mean, Tommy, would you say the Beatles prog rest during their career? <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah, okay, so cool. We, we sort of think that maybe they're like a prog band, you know, like, uh, you know. Uh, I... I and know. I think that's the that's the biggest issue with it. like we've been off of content because I think it appears the Beatles, like our good podcast pal Ethan Alexanian, you know, like they hail from the great state of Canada. Oh boy! Um, and of course You're they're really known for their this one. musicianship and complex compositions and eclectic lyrical motifs. Uh, their style has changed yeah. through the years, but the Beatles have really sort of acknowledged. Uh, but as the Beatles, they've really acknowledged that the, you know. Maybe they're some of the most proficient players of their respective instruments. You know, do you guys? Uh, they've got a ton of albums, but do you like? Uh, 
Getty back. <laughs> <laughs> because it's got it's got a ton of hits. It's got uh, I am the Walrush. It's got uh, Tom Sawyer standing there. You know, Y Y Z Ballad of Jean and Yoko. Like a real, it's a French tune. <laughs> I thought that was Michelle. French Canadian. Yeah, no, no, they did another one. Uh, oh. L- Lime me mine light. I think you guys know that one. Um, uh, Doser to the Heart, which I think is about the Beatles dentist um, giving the LSD. Uh, got to Get You Into My Life, Son. Um. <laughs> yeah, go as long as you want, man. Whatever. Uh, Neil Perth Day. I would like you to dance. <laughs> and this one, I mean, we all love this one. I'm only Getty Leaping is... <laughs> I think that we all celebrate that one a ton, you know. So, yeah, you are you wow. are not talking about the Beatles. I, this could not have happened on episode yeah. forty that I don't know who. The and I can't were. believe you didn't even bring up Tom Sawyer Blues. Like I, that's my favorite <laughs> tune by. Uh, oh, I have a uh, Tom Sawyer standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did uh, I say that already? Did I redo did. that one? Yeah, it's all right. I did what I Sorry. could. That was a good one. Yeah. We laughed pretty good at the first time. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tried no, to um, steam steamroll right through this and not react to anything. If not, I'll just cringe. Um, yeah, you you were talking about the Canadian progressive rock band Rush, with whom I'm not like I, I know some of the hits. I'm not super familiar. Um, Kenji, are you a Rush guy? Uh, I I'm very straightforwardly yes, yeah. Big okay. fan. Yeah, I, I celebrate the Talk nearly the entire catalog. Talk to me about Rush. Why should I be listening to more Rush? <sighs> or where Rush? should I start with Rush? As as a as a Beatles guy, as a as a <laughs> yeah. as a uh, uh, once punk rocker, I, there's there's Just no good place. As, as a person, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. As um, a man with a heart. <laughs> Who's here yeah. with his whole heart for you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're 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 best off starting with their most popular album, Moving Pictures. You yeah. know, the late nineteen. I want to say nineteen seventy seven. Um, they're kind of finding their. It's 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 the. It's the. Uh, um, it's maybe the revolver of Rush, right? It's. It's them in transition from the early, like, straight-up rock and roll kind of stuff into the more synthesizer-heavy stuff. If, if there's ever a point where that band is transitioning, it's, it's them yeah. moving away from being uh, very guitar-heavy and, and moving into being synth-heavy. And so mm-hmm. if we're going to do a real strained uh, comparison here, that's, uh, like that's, that's probably that's where it's at. Kenji, I'm feeling a little chemistry between us on this. I think we can maybe take this podcast on the road if we wanted to talk about Rush. You would be the expert. I'm learning as we go. And we probably have a few drinks, and we call it Moving Pitchers. We fill up pitchers of beer. <laughs> I love it. Right? Yeah, I would like you guys to just be drinking Kahlua, and you would call it White Russians. And you would just, you know, uh, have sore throats in the morning. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about Rush, and I like to always bring it back to the Beatles. I, I try and find where I can. I'm, I'm always amazed that a band like Rush, who has been around for so fucking long, doesn't have, like, a single picture on the internet. Like, Getty Lee has never posed alongside Paul McCartney. 
which seems crazy. Like, I don't know. There's always like a, a just like a, a bands that have existed for a certain amount of time where I'm like, of course they have posed with Rush at some benefit and awards or something, but it it doesn't exist in my world. So if someone has found it, please send it my way. Don't they uh, both play Rickenbackers? Found, did they play a couple of Rickenbackers? Is that what you right. said? Paul yeah. and get doesn't Getty Lee play a Rickenbacker? Can I get confirmation I don't know, there? I don't know what he plays. Not it's not that big of a rush fan, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so the boys from Rush they they talk about um, they talk about the Beatles a couple of times and uh, Getty Lee he throws a lot of respect towards Paul, but oddly he says uh, <laughs> in my research he says uh, Paul is maybe overlooked for his bass playing, which I don't think is a thing at all. Maybe among casual <laughs> pretty, listeners, but no one is well like, regarded oh, Paul, as Paul doesn't get respect for his bass playing. But um, he does say that he's relatively influenced by Paul in that Paul comes from being a much more melodic player, probably from mm-hmm. the notion that Paul was not a bassist from the get-go, right? The Beatles needed a bassist, and, and Paul was that bassist. Um, but Thank God. Uh, Getty Lee very recently comes out and plays... Tomorrow Never Knows in Canada with the Claypole uh, Lennon Delirium. They invited wow. him out like a year or two ago, right pre-pandemic. That's and a, that song good. is another iconic uh, Ringo riff. Like oh, that yeah. song. Yeah. As soon as you hear that drum yeah. beat, you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. And the most amazing thing about that song, and I think it's on Kenji's list, but uh, we have given it to uh, uh, an upcoming guest, or uh, I guess it's one of our lost episodes, maybe. Maybe I'm giving too much away, but it's exciting. every one of our friends it. has wanted to talk about this song. Like this has been about the tomorrow never knows most fan yeah. song. Like everyone comes and says, we want to talk about tomorrow never knows. And um, we did record a lost episode has <laughs> never come to light because we, we are missing the guest in it. But um, I want to talk about that song a ton. And I have actually, I have already talked about it for about four hours on length, and I got very drunk. And uh, so, <laughs> maybe I need, maybe I need. You don't want to do that again, it, you know. But <laughs> you need the technology to hologram him back in, and then you can just release it. Uh, but then the other piece about it is um, clearly Neil Peart is his own drummer in his own way. But uh, you're curious about what Neil Peart thinks about Ringo. Is there was an interview where they were asking him basically about solos and all of this stuff it's a, it's a little bit of a baiting interview and and they're basically like you know Ringo Starr famously was like I will not play or I don't play solos you know for the most mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. and then um they sort of say well um what do you think about uh Ringo's only solo which is in the end uh, yep. the Beatles tune and uh Neil says and that's if he actually played it. I think it might have been Paul McCartney. And the <laughs> the interviewer is Whoa. like, what What do you mean? <laughs> he says, well, listen to the drumming on Paul's first solo record. And Neil, and the interview says, well, no, of course, Paul's a, Paul's a good drummer. He's like, that's all I'm saying. The sound, the feel, that's all I'm saying. And uh, Neil checks out of that. But uh, I think he wow. introduces into this lexicon the uh, you know conspiracy theory that, uh, and I don't, I don't think this is. In 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 Beatles fan, I've never I, I don't heard think it's a question that that Rigo plays this solo, but uh, I thought it's funny that Neil uh, Neil Peart. Well, first of all, 
if Neil knew anything, he would know that Paul was already dead at that point. There's no <laughs> way he could have put that so Good point. Good point. I mean, is Rush the nerdiest mainstream band? Is that a fair? Yeah, probably. Well, I would start. I would start by asking their female listener. <laughs> <laughs> So that's who the Beatles are. And, um, you know, I think without further ado, it's probably time to get into this week's track. We've already hit this week's magical mystery word. Scott, I think it's okay. You know, we we know what it is. Can I say it now or are you going to count it if I say it? You don't need to say it. Listeners listen. All right. I won't say it. I won't say it. The <laughs> listeners listen. So, um, so you know what that magical mystery word is. We know what that magical mystery word is. So without further ado, I think it's time to get into this week's peak. Scotty, what did Kenji pick for us? Show the man your peak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, do I have to? <laughs> uh, Kenji had a couple peaks. Um and one of them, like we discussed, was Tomorrow Never Knows. Another one, you guys couldn't hear me very well, but I was trying to interrupt and say that I believe another one of your choices, <clears throat> another one of your choices was a little help from my friends. Am I wrong? I thought I was thinking about it. Yeah. And um, we had just done Mr. Kite, so I said, oh, let's let's not do two Sgt. Pepper songs in a row, but yeah. the boys uh, would yeah. probably like to know that. Um, I do want. I want to get to that tune too. So. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. And what Kenji ended up picking was the Magical Mystery Tour, which is exciting because we have that awesome magical mystery word, and it's very yep uh, a big part of our um, podcast and and some of the fun we have. Um, I don't want to blather on too much about the Magical Mystery Tour song. I um, but obviously it's off of. It's the title track to the Magical Mystery Tour album. Uh, it was originally a double EP. We're going to get to a lot of this stuff. Um, there's originals that they they created for the for the for the film, uh, like psychedelic oh. stuff. And then there's also you know a bunch of singles and B sides and stuff that 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 also make up the rest of the uh, record. And honestly, the track listings pretty bomb like it's oh my god it's if you actually read it down you're like damn this has like some banging tunes on here um but this sets it all up i mean this is the song roll up has a a a total fun psychedelic vibe to it and it sets it sets the stage for 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 what you're uh, getting into, unfortunately, I have not seen the movie, but I'm sure it I'm sure it does such for that as well. Um, awesome orchestra stuff. I mean, the word is this is a Paul song, and you know, mm-hmm. Paul's concept of doing the magical mystery tour and filming out, you know, with with Jane and just walking around with their with their little uh, camera and editing stuff and doing weird sounds over it and whatever. And then he got the idea of creating this psychedelic show or television or movie or whatever, you know, his original idea was and, um, getting on rolling up psychedelic world. Just like, we're going to get into all this. Um, there's awesome, like, orchestra it has such a 
personality to it. It's 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 grand. It's exciting. It's it's interesting throughout. It changes feel and tempo. <laughs> um, it's 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 a it's a cool song. I'm glad Kenji picked it, and uh, we'll, maybe we can just give it a listen, and we'll we'll get a little more why he picked it. Yeah, I'd encourage everyone uh, listening at home that um, before you dive into this track, uh, play it on Spotify, Apple Music. Even better if you have the vinyl, uh, hit pause and and play that because um, we're gonna listen to it. I love this part of the show where we listen to the tune together, and uh, let's all come back and uh, chat about it. surprised us all with this one so let's hear it we all, we've, we've all been waiting <laughs> why'd you pick this one <laughs> well i can't wait to hear why it surprised you guys um i i i felt like picking one song is the hardest thing in the world people you ever have someone ask you like what your favorite album is mm-hmm. and you're like i don't know yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. i could give you like 50 but i can't pick one um it's not an easy task Let's 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 run this down to one. Um, this podcast, I feel, uh, you know, I haven't listened to every episode. I, I, I can't say, but I feel like this this podcast does have a bit of an anti-Paul bias. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's untrue. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. RB, I wanted to as our newest consistent. Host, like I don't know why you're so anti-Paul, dude. But you know, <laughs> me, you know, this, this is what you're bringing. I don't know. All right, I, I just don't know if you can be on every episode now. Yeah, when we conduct your <laughs> performance review, the, the That's invite. Right. But I wanted to pick a song that 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 had that Paul had a big hand in um, that represented something bigger. Uh, it, it it was exciting to be able to think about uh, watching the film, coming back to that. Yeah. Um, this song represents the period of Beatles I love the most. Uh, the 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 post rubber soul psychedelic kind of kind of stuff. Um, and I think I mean I've swung back and forth on that a lot, but that's that's that that has long that has for a long time been my my favorite Beatles period. Um, and this is the Beatles of my childhood. This is when I think about the Beatles and like what blew my mind about them uh, first. Yeah. It was this circus atmosphere. It was, yeah. it was the the flanged piano. It was the sped up vocals, and it's like, how does someone sound like that? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it seemed impossible. It seemed crazy. Like this is this is what the Beatles is. Yeah. A lot of, a lot you, of studio um, experimentation. You said it, on. and I want to drive jump right on top of it. But do you think there's a lot of this? Because we just did being for the benefit, Mister Kite. That was our last episode. Do you think there is a lot of this circus sound? Because there is a there is a part where Paul is saying like, "Oh, we're in sort of our like uh, fairground phase or something like that." Right. Where I'm like, "Well, what else? What else was your your fairground phase?" You know? 
Yeah, I mean, I ha- I would have a hard there. There are songs on Sgt. Pepper and songs on Magical Mystery Tour that I would have a little bit of a tough time telling you which album they came from. They, yeah. I think they both have a consistent sort of feel to them. And if you look at the timeline, right, they're recording them right after each yeah, other, yeah. right on top of each other. So, so that's not a big surprise. Um, but right, frankly, like, when yeah. we start talking timeline, I think it gets maddening right right here, where you're like, over the next like. Uh, 18 months or something they have to do magical mystery tour and then yellow everything submarine. else basically like yellow submarine but then like white album and like the, like yep. there's not that much more time of the beatles here because we're talking yeah. about 1967 right yeah the 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 spring of 67 like in my mind the beatles have almost broken up but they still have to do all of this <laughs> work in our like they were working so hard and so consistently during this time period like that's a fucking grind you know yeah yeah and they you probably should have taken a vacation or something yeah and maybe you would still be the beatles you know (laughs) like yeah before you did the white album maybe you should take a vacation you know well, they went to there's also some talk yeah. there's yeah. also some talk of around this time that like they got more efficient at using the studio i mean right. they're doing late night jam sessions and stuff too i think but um emi is getting better at moving them through and and um getting more takes down i mean yeah because somehow even though you think of the idea of a band putting out two three records in a year is a very early 60s thing they don't start doing it until this part this period of the beatles yeah well and John talks about that a little bit where um, Paul has come up with this idea and John is basically saying like, we felt like we owed this to the people. Like it was okay. I think even the recording of this tune, which doesn't dictate the rest of magic mystery is only a a couple of weeks. Two days after they've, two days after after they finished, they finished Sergeant Pepper's on Sergeant Pepper. yeah. Yeah. Mixing, I think. And yeah. And then they start this tune and they just felt like, Oh, we have to just keep making music and even well i like this like like, workman like attitude of the beatles at this point of being like oh if we're not going on tour we got to do something every day so let's just be in the studio kind of every day (laughs) and if someone comes up with something cool and if not like you know and we'll jam on some things well it's a cool idea but they are definitely lacking some focus, right? And I think yeah. we're seeing the. the I don't even know if of... George Martin's here at the rehearsals. I'm. I don't think he is at the, at the yeah. start of this. But but it's before also we like... go in too deep into that. We talked about Fool on the Hill once on this show. Yeah, I was just about to talk about this. Yeah. Now, um, knowing a little bit more about Magic Mystery Tour, sort of the album. Like, does anyone on this call tonight know about Magic Mystery Tour? As an EP, does anyone think about it that way? Or are we all basically like, this was the LP that we were brought up on, where it was like the first half yeah. was Magic Mystery soundtrack, and then it was basically like the singles, which are all fucking bangers. Like we were, right? Like there's no, there's nothing wrong about this B-side at all, right? No. I'm trying to look. But at- it's got songs that are recorded before Sgt. Pepper's as well. You're, you're looking at Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane, and I think yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. the hard thing to reconcile. These are all 67 singles is. is what I think yeah. is how they decided to put yeah. it together. All You Need but, Is Love is on there. Yeah. Um, right. Your mother should know. I mean, right, it seems like all those songs Side from- two is titled Plus These Other Selections. I mean, <laughs> selections. That's, 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 you might have heard selling of Selling short <laughs> one of the best sides yeah. of music in album history. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's the subtlest play on the best side of music. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's but, what I think is, is an interesting one because I didn't, 
we sort of explored that together on the last record. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this double EP thing. I actually hadn't even seen it physically as what it meant to be the double EP at the time. I've looked it up since. But, um, right, we always talk about this Magic Mystery record as an album, which almost the way it's presented, it does deserve to be talked about alongside Sgt. Pepper's, you know. But it's not their vision, right? And that's the hard yeah, and, part yeah. about that. Like their vision wasn't to create a record with magical mystery tour soundtrack songs and then on the B side all these hits from the the last year. Like But that is that some... because they didn't have the rest of the songs, you know? Right. You're asking a lot of a band though to maintain a cohesive vision throughout all what whatever twelve songs on an album or something yeah. and for them to yeah. be correlated and if you're just writing them around the same time, like Especially you still people. can, yeah. you still can get something that's real solid and works as an album, right? I think absolutely. Um, but that's the is this the funny, um, almost the thing I would criticize Paul about at the time. But is this the funny period of like he thinks we have to have a gimmick because Sergeant Pepper's it it when you really think about it, like it barely exists as a concept, right? Like I think we generally agree on that as a pod. And then he's like, oh, we need to do another concept thing. But all he has for this concept is like, oh, we're going to get on a bus and then talk about this song. Someone's been out there eating their nuts this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what were you crunching on earlier? Um. Oh, I had some pizza. I'm playing with the slinky. Oh. I thought you were crunching too, like at break. Because we get our 15. We're union. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the concept thing is interesting, man. Like, how Tommy just rolls off a mystery word like nothing. I love it. (laughs) It's like Gandalf. (laughs) Okay. On the concept album thing. Um,. I read a quote today, it wasn't from a Beatle, but I think it was from uh, Revolution in the Head, actually, that was kind of like, it's Paul's workmanlike attitude that, you know, ends up keeping things together at the end. I think we yeah. all know that, like, as long as it is. That. McDonald makes a point, like, he kind of says, like, I don't know if they would have gotten to Sgt. Pepper's at all had Paul not pushed the concept. Like, they might have been done in early 67, and that was it. Wow. Which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting, because yeah. we look at that as just diving into the depth yeah, of their creativity right it. yeah wow do we want to i mean I, I would love to start talking about the song if no one has anything else um, oh we haven't started talking about the, the song the i actually want to defend i want to defend uh, uh the the concept album all right like, you should how how concepty do you need this album to be like it's a magical I mean, mystery tour weird things are gonna happen yeah, like yeah, come along all see. these songs on it like I don't need all the songs to call back to a theme. To be a story Sergeant Pepper, or something. Sergeant yeah. Pepper the same way. It's a band that's playing all these different songs. Like, that's a good enough concept for me. Like, I, I don't yeah. I don't think that makes it not a concept album. The fact that there isn't some theme that keeps coming back or some, like, lyrical thread that runs through it. You're, yeah. you're, this, they're not supposed to be a prog rock band. I mean, Magical Mystery Tour is almost a better theme than Sergeant Pepper's is. I mean, I challenge the Sergeant Pepper's theme... All of the time. I mean, I uh, we're a band, but we're a different band. Not yeah. the band. That you said. <laughs> yeah. We're wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> One of us yeah. is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Shears? Like, that's what we're hanging on to? Well, you know? like, I don't even know that this is a concept EP, right? If we're talking about the original incarnation of it, I think it's a soundtrack. Yeah, sure. You know? yeah, yeah. They thought this was like a multimedia yeah. presentation yeah. before that, that word existed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know. Right, and that's what comes out when you watch the movie is like uh, this. Uh, there's all these interstitial bits. There, some of them are yeah. dumb, some of them are kind of funny, some of them are extremely British. Where you're like, I don't understand that. Yeah, and some <laughs> but, of them are just like standing around in the field for visual, like a long time. As a visual album, as there's video that goes that's along with each of these it. songs. Yeah, that's a cool way to put a visual. It's album, wonderful. Yeah. I love yeah. all the. I love all of the musical numbers. The performance pieces are very cool. Or the, mm-hmm. you know, what we would say now are music videos. Your Mother Should Know yeah. is a yeah. weird thing. Walking down walrus. that big staircase. I'm a walrus is unreal. So good. Um, so good. The, um, what's the George song? Uh, Blue Jay Blue Way Jay. is Blue yeah. Jay Way. so smoky oh, and, and strange. Yeah, that's, a, that's fine. The six songs they recorded for the movie, is that what you're saying? That yeah. become this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. all think are, are pretty fans. I mean, flying... Oh, yeah. I don't know that anyone will ever pick flying as a guest, but um, it is, that song is a good groove, though. I mean, yeah, it fits it, well. It really like, does. It's like absolutely and a great groove. Is that their only instrumental? I think. I think is. so. Yeah. yeah. If we don't do, and any, it's the like, only George proper Martin, release, Pepperland stuff, and all that stuff. I think. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's the only you know, proper release that has all four Beatles as co-writers. Writers, writers, right? right yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Beatleses. LMFAO. Beatleses. <laughs> I think that's it, right? And Lennon, that's what you would want. That's just amazing you brought him up. <laughs> that's what you'd want in a soundtrack, right? You don't it's supposed to yeah, go right. along with the, the 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 visuals, not overwhelm them. Yeah. Well, and that mm-hmm. flying part is very cool too. Where they're like, if you look to the left, it is very uninspiring. <laughs> but if you look to the right, and then it's got all the like, it's um, apparently it's old Doctor Strangelove footage that oh, really? was never used. Is it yeah, really? so the, it was. Uh, Doctor Strangelove, the movie, or yeah, Doctor a friend who? of theirs. Had, no, Doctor Strangelove. A friend of theirs had been the like cinematographer or cameraman or whatever on Doctor Strangelove, um, or and I don't know if he worked on Magical Mystery Tour. Whoever it was, they got in touch with and were like, "We need some stuff." And he's like, "Oh, I have all this extra Doctor Strangelove footage if you want." And then they did all their weird filtered color effects on it. Oh, wow. really? I, I didn't cool. see that. Cool. Yeah. This That's is why Tommy's call. Tommy's on the dark web. And he's a scholar of all scholars. That is true. He is. He is the hey, scholar. But of that that cost me a lot. So do you guys have like five uh, Bitcoin I could borrow <laughs> by any chance? I've got some Ethereum to get the. Yeah, you got the Doge. Give me some Doge. <laughs> but on release wise, I there's a couple of funny Beatles releases that we haven't talked about. But tonight there's one worth talking about where there was an, in 1982 Beatles release, a, an officially sanctioned thing called Real Music, R-E-E-L. And it's basically like their um, music that has been in films. Mm. And then they did a 45 release. I have it in the background and it's going to be on social. But they made this like 45 medley cut like in the early 80s. I don't even know who made it, but it's it's certainly like pre-love and all of this stuff when they really like gave... Gave them like an a, early mashup, a certain, certain treatment. Wow. It's barely a mashup because it's just cuts. But they did yeah. a Magic Mystery Word, a Magic Mystery Tour into All You Need Is Love. You got to hide your love away. I should have known better. A Hard Day's Night, Ticket to a Ride, and Get Back all as like a single medley track, 
which is like silly and ridiculous and unnecessary. And I'm sure the Beatles had no control over any of this thing, but um, hmm. it exists as but a that 45. W- and and Beatles Real Music is a compilation that came out, uh, a oh. vinyl record that you should be buying if you're a completionist. But all those all those words describe the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, are we talking about the tune now? Should we? Yeah, I was say moving into right the song. It? Yeah, it's I here. The first thing that sticks out to me is I always I I dig this tune musically, right? Like this is well, you uh, got, you you dig music, you know? I dig like music. I, I dig love yeah. and a pony. Also, yeah. I dig a pony. <laughs> yeah, I dig holes. I've never seen you dig a hole. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm making honest days. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Cutting down um, trees, digging holes. Yeah. Now, with I've, that I've, said, I like, just fix holes. Yeah. <laughs> where the rain yeah. um, That's where the lyrically, rain li- lyrically, this is some thin soup, right? Like this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is... We, we we have had some 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 Beatles tune where it's hard to talk about lyrics, and you're like, is it worth talking about? But yeah. Yeah, there's like yeah, eight there, words yeah. in this whole song. Maybe. Like <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, the roll up thing is clever. If it's the double entendre, we believe it probably is. I think. What's that? Um, what's What's the other entendre? So roll up. So well, roll up, meaning the mode of transportation. Those delicious. Uh, and fruit, then fruit also snacks. fruit roll ups. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> fruit roll ups. I think flavor. he's probably talking about marijuana, Becker. Yeah. What? Wanna. Maybe rolling up a jazz cigarette. I think I need to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's. So um, did you guys? Um, um. Did you guys hear though the story of Paul sending Mal Evans out to bus stations? Yeah, to this find is, this is a good bus posters with. Oh, That's no. true. I was he a little gave slow. You, you said bus he gave quick. Me a twice. <laughs> I did. All right. Yeah. So what? So we're in the safe zone for the second. Yeah. One. You said Mel, Mel Evans going bus, to the bus stations station. and went to buses uh, or something. Bus yeah. Posters, yeah. Yeah. You did say it twice. But I don't so think we have we to do have two, two, right? Because I no, no, no we're not doing yeah. two. No. We <laughs> we're recognizing that it happened. Make it a double. Cheers, everyone. There's only two roses left. God bless. RB with that <laughs> saving, like gallon jug of water you got going on there. That's nice. Yeah, I got a little yeah. backup. Yeah, wash it yeah. down. You know, I need. Some. You know, that's just like for fresh Vermont springs. Yeah, it's just melted yeah, snow. I know, coming life. over the cliff. You know, vodka, <laughs> <laughs> melted vodka. So melted. I love this. I, uh, this idea of Mal Evans going to transportation centers and um, yeah. having to look at posters to, which is clearly Paul pulling from John in my mind on the the Mister Kite thing, right? Like, I don't think it's fair to say that this is a lack of inspiration, though, right? It's just looking someplace else for inspiration. It's the opportunity yeah. where it hits, yeah, like yeah, where it's yeah, coming. Yeah, from. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think it's lack of inspiration exactly. I think it is them trying to find this moment. And but you're allowed to come in from Sgt. Pepper's and be exhausted and then be like, "All right, I, we're going to write a whole new thing." And and then Paul is now saying like, "We're going to write an album on the back of this song." He's like, "I have this idea and then we're going to make a concept around it." Like that's 
I think that could be and, just them like proving to themselves that they can make a piece of art out of anything, right? Like yeah, you can totally. have inspiration mm. from this, you can have an inspiration from that, and just like we can, you know, they're a good band. They just need a, a spark, and then there they there they go, you know, yeah. like any band. And that's really, the right? that's the funny like. Um, Paul makes this apology, right? So the movie comes out and everyone slams it and and he has a bunch of grief and Paul famously has to go do an interview about it. But he says, you got to do everything with a point or an aim. But we tried this one without anything, with no point and no aim. And, you know, that's a bold thing for the Beatles to say. Like, I do respect that they just decide to say, like, we're going to try and make this thing happen. You know, I I love that. You know, I mean... For a band that's like, ah, oh, we want to be, um, you know, from the underground, we want to tap into the Summer of Love and all of this thing, but all of their shit is still just being broadcast by the BBC, you know, like from whatever structure is happening in 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 Britain that they need to sort of subscribe to this, they're still doing the best that they can, you know. So I. I have no issue with it. Like I think within yeah. the bounds of the Beatles. They're experimenting to the best of their ability, you know. Well, and as I as I was saying earlier, I, I'm backtracking on the, the my sentiment from last week because I think what we find is that the Beatles are finding their muse. It's almost like found footage, right, or, uh, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And th- this is an artistic method that we see people still use today. And I think Becky brought up a great point earlier about okay, day in the life is ripped from the headlines, and our uh, Chris brought up the point that. Um, she's leaving home is ripped from the headlines and John's pulling this thing from the poster. And so now this is just a month later. Paul's basically saying like, Hey, this worked four times before I have a general idea of what I want here. And now let's go out and see if we can find it somewhere else to, to help it carry along. Yeah. But- Still think the lyrics are weak. No, but, but it's a cool thought. He could have been reading but- a bus schedule though. You know, like 12. Shame on you. Uh, All right. I met, I met, gentlemen. Coast. Thank you for uh, oh, inviting no. the music supervisor RB to our first episode. Uh, but it <laughs> just is not really working uh, out. Yeah, exactly. Batting a Damn. thousand. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to say this word that much. Well, I, one thing I wanted to say as I take this orange Jameson <laughs> shot is um, yeah. so much is, pulp. Sounds awful. Is like the um, the human human being creative aspect of it, where inspiration is not always built. Or, or 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 um, it's not always found within yourself, especially when you're in a band. You need, you know, you might have inspiration for something. You might feel something for an a uh, concept or an idea that you have, and then you have to think about it in what is the the other three people think or whatever your band yeah. size is, you know, and 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 picking something that's neutral whether it's just like simple carnival thing or uh something you've all done in life like get on a long car that's tall yeah and cruise around long tall cari but you know what i mean like that's a, that's what's cool about paul like he picks this thing yeah. that they all and and i 
I don't want to speak too much about the record, but it sounds like a lot of the songs, even even the ones that were recorded beforehand, kind of play into this with like, you're yeah. on this tour and you're going to Penny Lane and you're going, let me take you mm-hmm. down to Strawberry Fields yeah. and let me uh, explore this point and let me explore that point with you and we're all sharing this together. And whatever it takes to bring the band together... Yeah, even I if it's that's... your idea or whatever, it's it's just to like it's it because otherwise, if you're just if you're just saying these are my four chords, these are my song, this is my song about my life or no, whatever, like you're... the the band gets bored by it a little bit, you know? Like you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think that yeah. there is a huge part uh-huh. of this where Paul is trying to keep everyone hyped, yeah. where he knows that mm-hmm. John is not going home and writing songs every night. No. And that comes out, we all have this luxury of watching Get Back recently, which is mm-hmm. seeping awesome. into every episode, you know, which is also when, I don't want to forget to say this, but when they roll the R's here in the singing, you know yeah. that's all a joke. You know that John started rolling the R's and then Paul was like, well, I'm going to roll my R's, you know, like, a roll, <laughs> you know, like there's like a funny thing there. I think that this was... You know, you want to say, like, oh, Paul owns Sgt. Peppers, and then Paul then sort of is domineering in a way, and he comes in and wants to do Magical Mystery Tour. But I think that he is, uh, you know, when I give him all of the credit that I want to give him, or that is probably due, he is just trying to inspire everyone, right? He's trying to say, like, oh, let's come in and, and, and sort of write around this song, you know? Yeah, so something because we'll all get they're into. they're tired, yeah. they've writ- written mm-hmm. so much music, and they've toured and done all of these things. And it's like, all right, well, what if we decide to write around the concept of Sgt. Peppers? And and they vaguely do. And, you know, it's a questionable concept record. But then Paul is like, all right, well, let's do this magic mystery tour thing and, and sort of let's come around to this. And I, you know, all of us have written music at various levels. But it is easier to write around a deadline or a concept Oh, that yeah. it is to yeah, write yes. around something that is sort of amorphous, you know? And Nebulous so I, and vid- I think yeah. that is why probably Paul is, is putting the shape on things. And it is its own genius, you know? And he also, brought, they- he also brought the the sort of vibe that I think that would, intri- that would um, excite or in... Um, I'm going to ask Kenji for the words because that worked for you earlier, Becker. Um, that, that like that like welcomes inspire no that welcomes john this is kind of like rock and roll this is kind of circusy this is whatever like this is gonna bring you in to closer to me so we can make music together yeah rb what did you think when you found out that this was kenji's track because um I was surprised. I actually We've had a couple glazed of... over it in the upfront, but uh, you have frankly known Kenji longer than I have. Um, yeah. I don't think we've even really addressed everyone's relation, but uh, RB is a longtime friend of everyone on the show, but um, you've known Kenji longer than me. And what did you think about him bringing this tune to us? Um, I, I was surprised when I heard that this was the pick. I had in my head, it picked one, and I thought that, I thought it was. I thought he was going to pick rain. Um, ah, yeah. It was. I don't know. It's it fun to you know little betting odds against you know who what you think you're going to. That but, was uh, up there. That was up there real high. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I I know that he 
he, he likes that uh kind of period of the Beatles, but um but yeah, no magical mystery tour like kind of I, I reappre uh, you know, I always, you know, take a deep dive into these songs when we start recording and doing the the karaoke tracks and whatever. And um this song is like feels like feels like Ringo is behind the wheel of the motor coach, you know, like Ooh, he is good uh, word, by the way. It's a good dodge, right? Conjunctive word. Yeah. But like well, well done. This uh this tune, like it changes uh you know, it goes into like halftime in the chorus. It it like That's the slows best part. way when it breaks into that halftime. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh and then at the outro of the song, like the tempo just drops and then they like kind of slowly yeah. creep back in. And it's just, yeah. it's like, oh, maybe we're in stop and go traffic here. You know, like they're it's uh they're taking you on a on a trip and who knows where we're gonna go. Like that kind of like there's a there's an excitement and uh uh and I think I feel like Ringo is a big, big part of that. It it breathes, right? Like, yeah, so like Ringo I feel like that's song. a that's a that's a clear like I don't know, drummer pick <laughs> well but and kenji, it, kenji fits like, that yeah, so, but yeah the flashy drummer pick like the no yeah yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah it, I what's think it, but it, what would we say is the i mean that's what i was trying to go to. what is the flashiest ringo tune like the flashiest? it's gotta be come together you know no, it's not flashy thing. though like i'm not no. flashy but like i'm there's no flashy ringo tune which is why i love him so much yeah. right mm-hmm. like it, it's not about ringo it's about the yeah. song like what song but does what ringo look, overdo it you know yeah yeah um i don't know kenji do you feel at all like ringo is the the thing i love about him is he's very patient as a drummer right like he he's never really rushing anything but in the verses of this tune it's almost he's like just a a, right there at being ahead of the beat or something like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, he's, you know, push, yeah, he's pushing and, it, and for sure. there's, um, you know, Ryan and I play in a musical group together at times, and we uh, enjoy playing a lot of other people's songs, and there's no better way to yeah. learn a song or to understand a song than try to play the parts that the original folks did in it. Um, and And this is one that, like... Trying to play along with it. I mean, this is that's how I learned to play drums, right? Is is I mean, it took Putting lessons, on a record, but yeah. I I put a lot of work into listening to music and trying to play along with it. And this is a very hard song to play along yeah. with. Yeah, this song. This, this, this is song a, a tough choice to try to play as as like live as a cover band because you need to hire a brass section first of all. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yes, but you can't uh, like like you can't you can't pro tools the song like this song like needs to sit in a very chill place hopefully behind the drummer who is driving those those big tempo changes the 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 flex and the feel of it the the accelerandos that go on um the frankly hardcore breakdown that happens uh every so often right it's it's almost it's a halftime it's like you guys who are more punk than myself would can can maybe speak to this but i think that's it's a very it's it 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 halftimes uh in all the coming to take you away bits yeah um and I then the that. horns are doing that that three over two ostinato on top of it that makes it feel even slower it's it's very yeah. it's, it's a very like, stretchy song yeah, yeah very yeah. like th- very uh triplety kind of two over three kind of things yeah and mm-hmm. what and, and, and like how did that happen did that did that happen in the moment i don't i don't know if about, enough about this song in the studio and i'm, I'm embarrassed to say so but well there's not a ton written about that process like it's basically like paul came in with three chords yep he was like i want to write about this trip on a motor coach 
And oh, well done, it's Tommy. Be very ma- I'm mad very, at you. I stole it from RB. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be very magical, you know? Summer yeah. love. Like, you, you get the feeling like, Paul's just come back from the United States. He's like Ken Kesey, like this whole Merry Pranksters thing. They're yeah. going out. They're doing that, right? Like, And it, that's the vision of I want to come back and totally. write about yeah. something like that without having nailed down the details of it i think and then we don't hear much about the process of the writing well you're you're like i'm i'm looking into stuff from this period and i'm reading jeff emmerich's book and i'm i'm reading things george martin has written and these are like you know these are guys that are these are the suit and tie uh employee like serious buttoned up dudes um and they are like, why are they coming into the studio and fucking around? Why <laughs> yeah. are they jamming? Yeah. They what is this jamming? This. I do yeah. not understand it. As, like, an, as, a, as a as a uh, uh, proper British man, I do yeah. not understand why a band would the be jamming. The only jamming, jamming on George time. Martin ever had before that was the, the when the verb he would use when spreading things on his toast. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> a, it's He'd a be jamming his right? toast. Yeah. 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 I think we, this, we got you, we got a you back. Have we even talked about the amount of toast and get back? <laughs> like, I was we, like, <laughs> there's so much toast to get back that we don't uh i don't I hope it's like, all buttered yeah do you guys have that toast thing in your house that you serve toast uh vertically because that's how you get toast a toast a toast rack i mean i've traveled to the uk a ton for work and, and everything but no one has ever served me toast uh upright <laughs> i don't think i've got yeah, yeah an upright toast Oh, you gotta you gotta get vertical toast. Yeah, get yourself, <laughs> get yourself a toast rack. But this, just breathe but, more. But that's where um, I I don't know for sure, but I don't think that George Martin is there for the first couple of days that they have started rehearsing this tune. Um, Hunter I, Davies is there, the official um, Beatles biographer player? at the t- oh. at the at the time. <laughs> I think I heard from the very beginning that like you know you you said m- mentioned that Paul came in with like very minimal like three chords and an idea of yeah of traveling um around but like i think they had they also had the idea of like we want trumpets on this like like immediately this is like we're gonna we're welcoming we're welcoming you with a fanfare you know what i mean like it's like and that's but there's almost this beatles thing to me where it's like the trumpet players showed up and they didn't have a part to play and they sussed it out. Right. Yes. And if George Martin didn't write you a part, like, were you supposed to be? It's like if a tree fell in the woods, you know, like if George Martin didn't have a part ready for you, like, I don't know that he cared about the piece so much, you know, because as I understand it, the trumpeters showed up and then they were like working it out and they couldn't quite get to it. And they dismissed them and gave them a, a little bit of a break. And then like Paul and George like worked it out on piano. But if they didn't, sh- if, if they didn't show up in, on time and, and sort of George already, George Martin already had something for them to do. It's already pretty tossed off. I feel like George has already written it off in a way of like, all right, you guys think that you're ready to bring in the trumpeters or all of that? Like, go ahead, you know. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a little bit of get back. Whereas he 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 gives them all of that space, you know, but they always come back to him where they they mm-hmm. need him in a way, you know. Right. Where he's like, all right, you know, fine, go ahead. You're ready to bring in trumpeters. You want Magic Alex to come in and do all of this stuff, like. Go ahead, you know. Yeah, I had yeah. read that there was some frustration with the with the brass players that had come in, and like yeah. they were like, "What the heck is like? We were brought in to like, you know, we're the ringers. We we're brought in to play, but they don't have anything for us to play." And like Paul's trying to sing them their parts, and he, and the, and then one of the trumpet players 
just basically wrote out a score for everyone. Like, let's just get the, like, this is what it is. Yeah. So get paid for this and get the fuck out. But yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys wild. seen the script that Paul came back uh, to the UK with? Yeah, it's hilarious. In the US? It's the, nonsense. The circle. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's notice? not how you make. That's not how you make film. <laughs> I'm gonna put it up right now. Do you see this? Whoa. Yes. <laughs> this is the script to the Magical the Mystery, Mystery Tour Drive. movie. Wow. Yeah. I never knew it was a pie. So what's like one segment of the pie is a smiley face, which yeah, I yeah, it is, and it's I right before that. Yeah. yeah. We see Magical Mystery Tour at the top. It first trip. <laughs> yeah. the instruction well, you, you gotta imagine that that so smiley cool. face is they're gonna smoke a bunch of weed before lunch right yeah, yeah. Oh, recruiting man. is number two number three marathon which it definitely makes it in there the marathon is in there mm-hmm. uh number mm-hmm. four smiley face number five dreams is what it says <laughs> yeah I number six we, we we got nothing yet okay <laughs> lunch is down here also. <laughs> lunch is down here hire a coach yellow yellow <laughs> It says yellow. <laughs> then number seven, stripper and band. That is a featured and prominent yeah. part of the movie we really? want to talk about. Ooh. And then, yeah. And then end song. <laughs> this is the, the script of the Magical Mystery Tour. Next to I mean, hire a coach, it says people on coach. Like, <laughs> you didn't need to write that down. Yeah. I want do to coach. Do not yeah. bring that yeah. empty. There's a lot missing, but that's yeah, what you put in there. <laughs> this is I a mean, really important detail. There are people on the coach. But when I see this stuff, and 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 I want to give the Beatles all the credit in the world, like um, they don't know what it means to make experimental film. Like they don't know what it means to be an outsider or any of this. And so, like, they are some dudes who found drugs, who are super talented and have an audience, and then suddenly are like, "We want to do something different." And that has to be so hard. Like, how do you pivot to that? How do you, you know? And and they want Magic Mystery Tour to be that, but. Um, you know, I, I I get it in a in in a weird way. You know, think about it this way: like this is a ballsy thing for the biggest band in the world to be doing. Yeah, they're gonna I think so. they're gonna they're gonna take the chance of failing in front of everybody in the world. They've yes. they've done, and and you see them do this over and over again. You see them do this at the beginning of Get Back. They're setting themselves an impossible deadline for an impossible project. Yeah, they're, right. They don't know shit about making film. And if yeah. you, if any of you guys have tried to make film, it's really fucking hard, and it takes a lot of time, and it's ridiculous. And they have no idea how they're going to fail, but they're going to do it anyways. Like, yeah, I a lot of respect for that cool. creative yeah. impulse to follow that to the point where. Let's just try it, and and we'll put it. Even if it's not good, we'll put it out. Yeah. It's, that's it's, you think it, it's really absolutely. awesome. I think that's amazing to be like we're the biggest band in the world, but we're still like trying to figure this out because they're coming off the back of like defining what it means to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah, you it's know? humbling. Like, I to like yeah. explore something that you're not comfortable with and do like it's not cool because the genesis of music right now or fandom or all of this is that you do that shit before you're famous you know right like mm-hmm. you do your little projects and then something happens and you're taylor swift or something happens and you're uh the weekend other famous people that i don't know about <laughs> Nicki minaj <laughs> you know like I, and it turns out you're only good at doing one thing and that's the only thing you can really become famous for and the yeah. beatles kept yeah. trying new things <laughs> yeah, yeah. to do you become think famous failure, for and- do you, kenji do you think failure was even on their mind at all though i think like i mean the the path of success they had had to date right without a miss coupled with copious drug use you know (laughs) and like and like ingraining yourself in a counterculture that you think is just 
kind of milking out everywhere in society, right? Like it, it's going everywhere. You think you are like, there is no way we're going to drop the ball on this because this is what it is right now. It is this found art. It is this stream of consciousness, psychedelic, roly-poly, you know? I, I don't know if they, failure even... No, like enters yeah. their mind. Yeah. It's, 19, no. it's yeah. 1967. It's only yeah. a few years removed from everybody wearing ties and being uptight all the time and stuff. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why would this? Why not? Why not? Like, use these crazy things that these crazy kids are doing as inspiration for the next thing. You've never, like you said, you've never had a failure. Yeah, you've. Like, and they were also like they were so naive about making a movie, right? They're also so naive and and have ignorant to their own business that they are creating like, yeah, yeah for sure. sure brian is running the whole thing up until the the magical mystery tour and they have no idea what is going on there at all no there's all these stories about them never having any money on them right yeah yeah <laughs> they're we had the luxury sure. at this session of a, a couple of things happening uh documentarian wise pre get back and and uh sort of getting the picture of the beatles in the studio but hunter davies the official Beatles biographer was here at the time. And he notes that um, John Lennon is wearing an orange cardigan, purple velvet trousers, and a sporin. And I'll get back to what a sporin is in a minute. But Thank you. He opened Nothing. The... What's a sporin with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. This is during the rehearsal. This is the rehearsal day. And this is, I don't think George Martin is there, but I think Jeff America is there. Uh, he opened the sporin and took out some pot, comma, which he lit and then passed around, comma, comma. They all had a drag. Uh, a sporin is that sort of, um, it looks like a pocketbook uh, that sort of um, you would wear uh, with a kilt. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, with a little tassel little, to it or like something? A, uh, like a pouch. Yeah, 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 a little like sort of fanciful pouch. So I do like that John is is just coming in with with pot at this period. Like I think that's a there's something to this. I I don't think George Martin is here. I this day I I don't think he's here. Not just coming in with pot but with a special fashion accessory yeah. to yeah. carry the pot in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Can we I all swear. keep our weed wherever we keep our weed, but yeah. he's just like, you know, like it's on my hip right now, you know. I so. swear I heard the Beatles say at one point, maybe it was when I was super young or I thought I heard it that they never recorded under the influence of anything. Yeah. That, I, I, but that, that doesn't sound right. Oh, that absolute bullshit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not upset about it they, didn't, yeah. they said that. I, don't think of, they were, I think they said that in front of George Martin. <laughs> George Martin. <Yeah. laughs> nah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't believe that they ever would like pull out a... Like, I don't believe that they ever disrespected EMI to just like pull out a joint and smoke weed and they went to the alley or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there was a ton of like jokes about like, oh, the Beatles come back giggling or do all like, I don't think that they would just be that open or you know that what? bold you know until what? later when they had Apple or. That's why they went into the closet all the time to get the weird percussion instruments. <laughs> well, we're going to go look. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to look weird for percussion something sounds, It sounds way better Which when means you're just going to smoke yeah. weed and then, like, grab some shit and walk out and be like, yeah, we wanted Paul, this. Paul, I, yeah. I put the grass in the tambourine, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, my other favorite part. So, Hunter Davies is, is there, and I love this documentation at the time, but um, there's this other piece <laughs> for this that this is my my favorite selection for the night, but. 
the next day uh, from recording, Mal Evans appears. Uh, he's carrying a big brown paper bag full of socks, <laughs> all in bright, bright colors. And he passed the bag to John and John grabs a bunch of his favorites. And he chose several pairs of orange Terry toweling socks, then passed the bag around for, for others to have a dip. And it was all because the night before, just in passing, John Lennon left the building and he said, socks, Mal. And Mal just went out and bought a bunch of socks for John Lennon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which Mal we see in Get Back a little bit yeah. very recently yeah. where yeah. George Harrison is requesting shoes. And Mal Evans just basically and brings, in, yeah. brings in a bunch of shoes and ties and all this stuff, which is very interesting. You know, like... You want to sort of circle the square of, of, of the Beatles and how they feel about material possessions and, and how they respect people. But Mal was a fucking, you know, like a gopher. I mean, and we had Ken Womack on and who's now writing the the Mal Evans or he's not writing, but he's editing the Mal Evans um, autobiography and the diaries and stuff. And diaries, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I've always sort of been like, how did this uh, how did this from Mal, asking Mal Evans to get you socks? How does this not turn into Mal Evans getting you weed and drugs and heroin and all of these things? Uh, and I'm very curious to see if that tie-in ever yeah. comes. Socks, you know, I, socks are the gateway. I know nothing. I mean, to never stuff. to besmirch his character. I have no idea. But it seems weird that you would be like, I'm asking this guy for socks. But then when your need comes for, for harder things that you would not also ask him for that. You know? um, anyway, some people on this call tonight have recently watched the uh, Magic Mystery Tour uh, movie. And so I yep. want to... Um, I have not seen it in a long time, but I, I want to get everyone's take sort of around this tune and having recently watched the film, like, what what do we think? Does it stand up? Is it is it garbage? You have film to show us? Uh I have a little thing I'd like to show you in a minute, maybe, but I I would like to hear from Kenji and RB. I watched it today. Um, It's only 52 minutes. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But what did you guys, like, how do you think, what did you think about it? What's the takeaway? Uh, It's better than expected. I I did all, you know, I was was reading about it's a commercial flop. People hated it. It, The Beatles had to come out and apologize afterwards because it, it it went so poorly. It's it's outsider film. It's like it's yeah. it's it's an it's indie film. It's it's silly. Like it's stupid at times. It's great at times. Like I said before, it's the musical numbers are fantastic. Um yeah. but I think it is a hard like to put it on BBC One or whatever yeah, it showed up on and beam it into the homes of all the straights that's that's real tough and in black and white i'm sure black black and white white, is a huge tough tough like when it was first aired it was aired in black government subsidized television it's like (laughs) two or three channels and the beatles being the biggest band are like we made a film and they're like all right we're gonna put this on prime time for your ma and da and like fucking they play this thing you know i mean yeah for sure you're your ma and I were not ready for that for for whatever whatever trip that is, but it's I, I I don't I enjoy it. Yeah, there's not a plot. 
right? And that's okay. That's there doesn't fine. need to be. Like they yeah, we, I mean, we, I'm not saying that we looked at the like, script, I, I, right? <laughs> it was a pie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pie. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. did get it beacon. But I actually, I didn't know that these magical cobbler. mystery tours were a thing I, until this episode. I thought this was all a Ken Kesey, Merry Pranksters no, the thing. Airbang trips, or but whatever, then right? I, when I'm reading about this song, that John and Paul were talking about from their memory, that like people would get on a bus. And Drink up, it's the magic You're so good right. at this, Becker. Yes. Cheers, my. Cheers, yeah. guys. I was about to wrap up. I thought. I thought we were getting a ranking. Yeah. But like, there's a there's a wonderful like cinema verite thing going on here. It's just yes. people yeah. with handheld cameras walking around shooting whatever. It's very, I mean, super Fellini-ish, so cool. right? It's like yes. circusy and sh- and silly and doesn't yes. it doesn't make any more or less sense than a Fellini movie does. Yes, it's. it's right. I need I to agree. see it's this. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Absol- absolutely. All right. Well, Scotty, you want to see one part of it? I would like to show you something near the very yeah. end. I mean, I've seen Tommy, like, I am the walrus and stuff, yeah. but I've never seen it through. All right, so this is near the very end. This is the performance of the song Death Cab for Cutie, which is not a Beatles song. Um, God, I wish I'd written down who this it was This is the name of the song? The bon- Death Cab for Cutie. This is, is this the where bon- they got their band where, name? That's where Ben Gibbard got the band name. No Death shit. Cab for Cutie. Yeah. Oh yeah. This God. is the and Bonzo... So this, uh, yeah. Bonzo Duda... Uh, Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Dog Band, right? Yeah. yeah. So basically, at, at this point in the movie, Scott, because I know you haven't seen it in a bit, um, they stop the bus and they say, Wait a minute. It's it's I said it like four times. Yeah, it took me they a saw few the to bus get there. and then they get the bus and they check the oil on the bus and is everything cool on the bus? <laughs> I was actually listening to you, but I couldn't comprehend. Yeah, oh you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. We got to right. rank this thing. All right. Hold on. Hold um, on. I got to do this shot. Hold I'm on. in the safe yeah. zone. Yeah. You're in the so safe zone until I say you're not. Yeah. All right. So they get off their mode of transportation, and they all they say is all the men go off with this person, and so they. I don't know what everyone's reaction is to this non-Beatles song being in the movie during a striptease. <laughs> like that, that doesn't seem like a Beatlesy thing to me to have these John and George are sitting at the front of a gentleman's club as there's yeah, but- a full striptease going on, right? Like. Yeah, it's uh, Neil uh, Innes. I don't, I don't know how you properly pronounce it, but he's sort of like a Monty Python compatriot, like a, mm-hmm. a, yeah, a, a British dude that we don't have. Which a, this a movie is more Monty Python than it is psychedelic in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, like in that, yeah, I and I don't think we've touched on that a ton, but that's that's the perfect point where it's like eventually Monty Python, who I. Uh, I thought I loved it at the time, but I, I, I don't have a ton of touch point to like in my earlier uh, years, I thought that I understood what Monty Python meant, but I, I really don't know if I do anymore, but yeah, I think there's, there's this fantastic crossover where um, they're doing uh, class humor and all of this stuff in, in, in a, in a big way. 
inside of the confines of what it means to make media in the UK. You know, like that's what I want to yeah. go back to. Like we think right now mm-hmm. everyone could just fucking make a film or make a movie or make music and all this stuff, but you can't. There was a very like tight system of what it meant to do yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And so for the Beatles to be like, all right, we're going to try and do this sort of like avant-garde type thing. There were only a couple of people that got to do that. But then the fact that they just, there was no other venue to put it out, but, but the BBC, you know, they could go out and shoot a film, but then you just show it to your friends, right? Like you still have to make something that, that goes on, on, on the, yeah on the I mean, telly. I think that essential Britishism though, is like what, it, what makes uh, a lot of the Beatles stuff work anyways, and especially yeah. what makes the horns and the strings and stuff work. Yeah. There's all these like old Baroque callbacks, all these fanfare yeah. things, all these like, yeah. yes. all these, yeah. it's what makes the psychedelic stuff seem so far out is because yes. it's contrasted against that's, these. That's a really good point. Old, really, old, old, old traditional things. I wrote yeah. that here like. Well done. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, you pulling us back to that is exactly where we need to wrap up. But, like, what kind of music is this? Like, they want to go back and be like, oh, this is the circusy thing. Or, but, like, what are we writing right now? Like, I don't even know what this tune is. It's an, you know? it, it, it's an intro song. It's a, it's a hype song. Yeah. It's a thing that gets you going for the thing Sergeant that's coming Pepper's- up next. For this new thing, yeah. That's what a fanfare is. That's like, those horns are fanfares, and fanfares are used classically as, like, just introductory, quick, like, set the mood kind of pieces, right? I think that's what this is supposed to be. Oh, that's Imagine if they had to do this for every Beatles album. Like, what would the White Album, like, theme song be? Like, I don't even know. We have not talked about the end of the song. Oh yes, the yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the instrumental mm-hmm. piece. The yeah, before we rank the... it, can, it can we play this? Like a... Scotty Seek, and can you yeah. can you can give you play us Scotty? Yeah, like the last like twenty a, seconds um... of tune. Yeah, this is this is a fantastic. I love that. I love that endpoint. I mean, I think it's amazing. Well, it and, and I haven't so focused on of, it so much, yeah. but the remasters of like Paul's bass tone in that right there, oh like my that God. plucky. I, 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 I don't have the words boom, for it, boom, but boom, I don't know, boom, even know. Yeah, I don't know what you call it, but I've, mm-hmm. I've spent the past week with that sort of bouncing around. I'm like, this sounds so fantastic. Like yeah. there's just yep. this well, last couple minutes uh, seconds like uh, justify everything for this song you know but he's you can, make an, you can make an argument that like recorded instruments never sounded as good as they did yes. during this period yeah exactly i, I agree yeah. with you i do yep i think this coda is so awesome i love i love a weird instrumental instrumental beatles yeah. coda i think it's, it's very cool like it's so reminiscent of strawberry fields to me yeah you know the end of yeah, that where yeah. like Okay, um, and yeah. this is it's a total it departure, right, right, from the rest of the song. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with anything. Yeah. It's even in a different key than the rest of the song, right. like like this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that, yeah, yeah, leaves the song totally, and then you, you yeah. like we're we're way off. 
base here, right? Like, we're yeah. way off from where we were, and it's but it somehow ties it all together too. It's like a, an after piece, a conclusion, and but is some of this, uh, you know, I love, I hate to give the old codger too much credit, but is some of this the rehearsal to George Martin coming in and sorting shit out? You know, like maybe. Yeah, he might hear that, that sort of stuff and say, oh my goodness, yeah, that has like personality, that has emotion guidance, to know? something that I've mm-hmm. worked in in when the past. I, and yeah. When I hear the trunk, they were like, oh, we're calling in horns and doing this. Like, I always think it's like a little bit of George Martin being like, all right, fine. You bring them in if you think they're ready for it. You know, well, like, hold on. You you tell them what to do. Hold on. Peace. Like, what trumpet player can even do that? Like, how do you even make oh. notes like that? I need to know this, like, yeah. in a physical, metaphysical, whatever the fucking words are. <laughs> Becker, you tell me later. Or Kenji or whoever. I need Ryan, to know. Ryan plays, a wood you, in, how, Ryan plays a wind instrument. He could tell you. How do you can, make... How do you make 16th notes on a wind instrument? Do you, don't you have to blow outward? You do have to blow out. That's that's a that's a technique. I'm not a brass player, but I I know of the technique. It's called double tonguing, where you Ooh. Ooh. where you 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 use the both the tip of your tongue and the flat part in the back, and you kind of do like a taka 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 kind of with like that's All how right. you like start and stop the air, so you can get the where you're kind of tonguing with your yeah. front of your tongue, uh. and then you go back and forth with the taka 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 taka, and you can get like a. That's what they do in the in the in the brass section does in the oh my in the goodness that is so fast that I I just can't imagine a tongue or a mouth or anything being able to do that and blow Lady, outward. Ladies yeah. listening at home, RB is happily married. You know, he doesn't he doesn't don't slip into his DMs. You I know? didn't want to do double tonguing anymore. I did want to talk a little. Bit, I did want to get just, a little bit uh, a little bit music theory nerdy for a moment, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh, yes. um, so Paul, the idea was Paul came in with like three chords, right? And like that was the original yeah. idea. E. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, they don't say necessarily, you know, what those chords are, but I imagine it's it's the it's the you know E-G-A. the EGA. Yeah, like the the E. So like it already feels like it's an E major, right? Can you hear that? Is that yeah, mm-hmm. I can coming hear through? Yeah, yeah. Roller, roll out. Roller. Right? And then it goes to G, which in if already in the key of E, G is not in the key of E. No. So that's a flat three chord, but and then it goes up to A. Okay? So roll But they do something weird in the guitar part, in the electric guitar part. And that's the George part. Where he's kind of, he stays on an E, like almost through the whole thing. He's doing a little riff and it's like. Through the whole, through the, through the G and the A. So there's like this droney sustain of this. And if you do that, it ends up being a G6 chord has enough, like it's a g but it's got a little color yeah. to it right yeah i love it i love it right chords. but then the vocal part goes and then it goes up to an a which is a nine on a g chord a nine. Oh, oh. so you end up with a g six nine chord which is like 
it's a known nice. it's because it's a it's like a jazz voicing right like and then it goes up the to old g69 the g69 <laughs> 69 dude <laughs> i don't know i just thought that was kind of so, cool it's 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 yeah. awesome dude but, that but is, when you, but I it's love that across you go a back bunch to that of, and and my ignorance of music and uh, is i'm i never even got my edu- my education from you is as big as anything else but like do you think they know this rb do you i think don't they're think they know it? It? i do think, think they're getting guided to it i mean where do you stand with it i think they that um you know, Paul probably came in with the, with with the those three chords like the, the E G A, yeah. and they kind of yeah. jammed on it, right? And like, maybe George thought it sounded cool when he just was kind of doing that, boom, boom, bam, boom, boom, bam. like he had like a little yeah. accent thing on it, and like so it's not it's not a full on, you know, G six nine chord like not like you would play it on a on a guitar or even on a piano dominating the song with it right but it's split like the the um the 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 whole sum the whole sum of the multiple instruments playing ends up being that voicing which is kind of interesting that the kind of idea that there's a there's a droney like um like same same thing as like you, you just end up with interesting cool tones like when you just leave open strings on your guitar like you can play yes. a uh, like a g chord but you leave like say like the top e and b strings open that kind of ringy thing that just kind of i don't know holds the the tonality together but then on the chorus where it goes to halftime it only it changes key and then it goes oh, up wicked it, so they've got this descending like Uh, and then it goes to yeah but that that little that little ending is the same as the intro or the brass fanfare and that just kind of leads back into the yes yeah yeah and they play they play that fanfare again to kind of like that's the the that that big fanfare brings you back into the roll the callback. up yeah and that so right. it like shifts you out of a key and also out of the the tempo changes to halftime so it's like it's almost like it totally transports you somewhere else and then it like zooms you right back um, and there's just like that's some some really cool melodic things that happen and then the outro happens and it goes somewhere else altogether yeah. it goes different, minor, different feel. It? Goes to D minor seven, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's just kind of like an open, like free jazzy kind of. Yeah, it just thing. totally just opens up. Like everyone drops everything in their life and just says, "We're doing Let's this." Go. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that. All right, music theory nerdy time over. <laughs> we need theme music for when we kick into that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> need, yeah, like in in. Uh, RB corner. And your oh, nerd no, no, can sing. Was... <laughs> and your nerd can sing. <laughs> that's awesome. No, no, that's awesome. I love that. I really do. Uh, it makes me think about this in a different way when, when we take it on that angle. But, yep. I mean, here's the thing. Um, we come to drink. Whoa, we come to talk doing Beatles, boys to men? And yep. I think we've come to the end of the room. <laughs> I think so. I think... If Still you we want, can't let go. <laughs> Scotty, see, I'll make love to you. 
<laughs> if you, you if you like want you. me to, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all about consent. You, you know that. I tell you so, and I will not right. stop. I'll tell you. Is that what they say? They say I won't stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now. You tell me so so quickly. <laughs> So yeah, we come together. We have a, the canonical argument-ending list of Beatles songs <laughs> yeah, from best no to argument. worst. Yeah. There is no argument at all about it. Uh, it's yeah, because it, it's canonical. So um, this yeah. is episode forty, and just r- really, really Shit. quickly, I'm gonna run down some uh, highlights. I think it's time we go from on the tens. I've been yeah, I was doing do the, the fives tens. for a while, but no. let's go to the tens. So yeah. currently, number one, we got happiness is a warm gun. At number sure. ten, we got paperback writer. At number 20, we've got Good Day Sunshine. At number 30, we've got Tell Me Why You Cry. Um, at number 37, of course, we all know that we have a great song here. <laughs> this one? A Taste of Honey. A Taste of Honey. And at number 39, I Call Your Name. From that Long Tall Sally EP, Kenji, uh, yeah, you, were, you were talking totally. about earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. So drama. that's where we are right now, and I agree with you, Becker. I think we open it up to Ken for the opening bid here. But we uh, we also do think, let's let's put the only other Magical Mystery Word song, I mean, Mag- Magical Mystery Tour song. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, that's that currently out. number 17. That's Fool on the Hill. 17. We enjoyed Fool on the Hill. We think it's an important one. Um, it's a great tune, yeah, totally. It's a great tune. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at Fool on the Hill at number seventeen, I think Magical Mystery Tour is a slightly better song or right. a slightly higher ranking song in my book. I'm it, with it, you on that. I'm it, with you it, on that. You think it's let's better go, than? Let's uh, go freshies because we just had to peel the bandaid off on beating for the benefit of Mr. Kite. I'm still a little unhappy, well, but I do uh, not think it's better than being for the benefit of Mr. Kite personally. Hmm. I I it's this is the right area for it. I didn't pick this because yeah. I think this was the best Beatles song. Um, sure, I like sure. it better than be, the better than benefit of Mr. Kite. Do you like it somebody. better than for no one? Hmm. In her eyes, you see nothing. If I sing it, I mean, you're no, gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you like it compared to Scotty's rendition? This one. I do. I think for no one's maybe a better Paul song. Um, right. So we're in the wheelhouse yeah. here. We're that's, we're that's looking the right at area. the thir- the thirteen oh. to sixteen range somewhere. Man, here. I like. Um, I've got a feeling, and I like this tune too. I really do like this tune. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got a lot of issues with a lot of these rankings. Actually, <laughs> it, it's join the club. Our entire, join the club. The entire premise of this podcast has been awful. Like we really <laughs> fucked up. We really, like this makes no sense. All it takes we is need one to finish this series, the and then in the we're going to have another series it. where we just figure out this list because, like, ranking in the moment has been so—it's tough. We, we that's we, the that's the point, though. After five or six magical mystery words, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So, is it uh, is it better than Nowhere Man? Let's go there. I don't think I it's yes. better than Nowhere Man, but you're saying no to Nowhere Man. You want to add this to the Paul wall? I want to put it between Fool on the Hill and Nowhere Man, but here's the thing. I want RB to tell us. Oh, man. Full time. Full time. So, I mean, this this song is majestic, right? It's it's a big oh, intro man. 
Make do sure. a whole project. So that like that already like sets it yeah. sets it pretty high up there. Um It's holding a load. It's holding a load. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's not nowhere, man. You it's just a song on an album. It's like a song that's supporting Yeah, but it, like yeah, it's it's, it's, the, it's the, the overture. Yeah, yeah it's the overture. You. It's the spark mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's gonna, you know, maybe maybe help uh guide where the rest of the uh creative process goes right Um, is this all you guys like angling to put it above being for the benefit is that what's going on have you guys had (laughs) side chatter do you have another (laughs) chat group that i'm not part of well to to double on ethan's joke i don't really give a fuck what you think or what anybody (laughs) thinks (laughs) because all right in the end i'm just gonna need to go to bed at some point Somebody I need to sing the song. So don't talk about uh, it too much. <laughs> as I, I always say, you know, you rank it, you rank it and crank it. What's going on? I'm playing music. What? Who's doing He's that? Who's Lady doing Madonna. that? Sorry, yeah, hold on. I don't know. Where's that coming Lady from? Lady Madonna right now. <laughs> hold, I don't know. I don't know where it is. What is going on? over. <laughs> Lady Madonna, children at feet. It's my wonder fault. how oh, it's you manage to make ends meet. <laughs> well, is Excel doing this? I don't think you guys have <laughs> rights to play that much of that song. <laughs> I think that's right, here's the number one Beatles song. <laughs> and I'm gonna I play think this is a better one. Until, 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 <laughs> until you guys agree. <laughs> here, here, here's my bid. I think it's better yeah. than I got a feeling. I think it's between I got a feeling and being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. I would right. put this at our new number fifteen. I'm willing to I'm willing to acquiesce to that because uh, also I made some homemade. Scotty pizza C, how you feeling? And I agree with yeah. Scotty C. We need to sing it and crank it. And yeah, I'm it. fine with that. But you know, I mean, I just want Kenji to know that you know being guest forty isn't the same as being guest six or seven or eight or nine. Yeah. I think a top 15 pick is yeah. out of 40 right you know, now. But, pretty you know, great. like some of these other people got top 10 picks at some point. Yeah. But at, that's the problem. When, yeah, you know. Our, that's you, where our yeah. list is fucked. Not that, not that Kenji picked a pick to get a high number. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just want to. No, I wanted, the, I wanted the most interesting song we could talk yeah. about. Yeah. I thought it was great. I think it was a great I know you well enough. No, no, no. I, I, I feel you. I mean, I just wanted to say that. That's all. Yeah, you're not a list whore. I would never say that about No. <laughs> no. Hey, friends, so we got a number 15 on the list yeah. right now, which That's I'm a, sure we'll regret one way or the other one. next time we record an episode, uh, because we kind of all said we just need to go to bed, so let's put it somewhere <laughs> on the list, right? Uh, and, but without further ado, that was another episode of Bottle Beatles. Oh, my yes, goodness. Did we hit this week's magical us. mystery word? A bunch of We times. did hit this week's magical mystery word, didn't we, Scotty? What word was that? It was bust, and we hit it a couple too many times. Yeah, we hit it a few times. Uh, I'm Tommy. That was Becker. We are your co-hosts. This podcast is produced, edited, composed, magically assembled by your executive producer and mine. That's Scotty C. Uh, We also have additional musical supervision assistance from our dear friend RB, who's been here with us tonight. That B stands for Beatles. You can check him out at Ryan O. Brooks on all the socials. And uh, Kenji, man, it was really, really great to have you here Thank this you. evening. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming around. Honestly, so early on, when we started doing all of this, I was like, I just, I want Kenji on, you know. So I'm, I'm so. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I insist. I, I insist. Yeah. 
So we only have 170 or so more tunes to do, and so I think maybe we can try and get you on at some yeah. other point as well, <laughs> or maybe we do it live and in person, which hopefully we'll be able to do okay. more and more in the coming days. And I, I, I want to say, you know, what Becker said in the upfront about Kenji's Absolutely. mindset and the way he speaks about things and the way he um, thinks about things is such an amazing take uh, uh, you know, um, contrast. Excuse me, magical mystery words. <laughs> contrasting, <laughs> contrasting. Some, some, sometimes what we, what we as a, uh, you know, as a podcast, open up to or whatever. In and and I love it. I love it so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. One hundred percent agreed. Uh, Kenji, where can people find you if they wanted to on social media or anything else? You, you just can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Good luck. You can't, you can't get with this. Wow. Unless you're on right. Gabber. <laughs> um, we are on the socials, though. You can find us. We are at Blotto Beatles on social media. You can also find us at BlottoBeatles.com, where you can order T-shirts or find our drunk dial number, where we had a couple great voicemails tonight. There's we some... encourage everyone <laughs> to please find that number and uh, call in or text or whatever. Uh, please also remember to find and rate us on your podcast app of choice. And this is very important. This show is performed by absolute professionals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kenji, Kenji, are you, you driving, driving any- anywhere? You driving anywhere? No, I'm, I'm, I'm home. Good for you. For the RB. next week, I hope. RB, you, are you taking your snowmobile out tonight? <laughs> I have absolutely not. <laughs> no, he's going to take it over to the other piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's too, yeah. No, that's too far. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> driving nowhere tonight, and that's because uh, we enjoy Bottle Beetles responsibly, and we encourage you to do the same. Really Without do. further ado, my friends, before we get singing, I have something to say to my four friends here, and something to say to all the listeners, and that is this: peace and love, peace, peace. and love, peace and love, love and peace. Oh, love.